two best friends. One podcast. What's the worst that could happen? Now you sound like the stupid one. Welcome to Stupid by Nature, your go-to podcast for exclusive interviews, sports, entertainment, entertainment, and so much more. Now, introducing the ugliest hosts in the business, Noah Taylor and Austin Douglas. Welcome to Stupid by Nature, a.k.a. the podcast of the jungle. Before we get into our typical introductions, we want to let you all know that this episode is a special one. This episode marks the last episode that we're recording remotely. As you all know, I live in Florida and Noah has taken his talents to Tennessee. But after this recording, we will be looking for studios to rent in Atlanta, mighty Atlanta, to bridge the gap, so to speak. Yep, the ATL, uh, the Peach State, the capital of the Peach State. So uh, looking forward to that, getting in the uh, podcast scene and in the hot Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, joining me today as usual, you all know him, love him, my best friend, my co-host, my flame, my muse, Noah. How's it going, Noah? Oh, sorry. Uh, had some popcorn in the microwave. Uh, did you guys know that it's popcorn season? That's right, folks. Get your butter and your favorite candy because today we're going to the movies. While people may disagree on many things, there's one thing we can always agree on. Going to the movies is always a treat, and it has been that way since movie theaters were first established over 100 years ago. I'm sure some of you out there are probably thinking to yourselves, well, I haven't been to the movies in quite a while. I mean, I've got Netflix, Hulu. What's the use? Well, I don't mean to be harsh, but you are a lunatic. If you think that your Samsung television is anything close to the experience of sitting in a reclining chair watching the action on a 5,000 square foot screen. Yeah, the cinemas have stood the test of time, and that should be proof enough that even with applications like Hulu and Netflix, people are still going to go to the movies more often than ever. Agreed. Myself, I'm a mega fan of the Star Wars franchise, jam-packed with vivid storytelling by the mastermind himself, George Lucas. And action scenes galore, not to mention the vast variety of characters. I mean, who doesn't love Luke Skywalker's underdog tale? Uh, what's your favorite new, uh, movie, Noah? Uh, I'm actually not a fan of the Star Wars universe. Uh, it's just a little too dorky for my taste. Um, kind of into more adult things uh, that kind of make you think a little bit more. Uh, that's why I prefer the Dark Knight trilogies. I um, think they're great movies. Always been a Batman fan. I think they're super professional about their films. And, uh, you know, the storylines are great. And, yeah, I just think that it's a better trilogy overall than the original Star Wars films. I don't understand how the Dark Knight is less nerdy than Star Wars, but let's just agree to disagree and proceed with the segment everybody's been waiting for, Know About It with Noah. Yeah, so today we are going uh, classic cinema with our fun fact today, since that is our theme. And uh, frankly, I really think you guys are going to give a damn about this one. Uh, the classic Civil War era saga of tragedy and triumph that is Gone with the Wind. It starred Vivian Lee and Clark Gable. It was released in 1939 as uh, among the first films shot in Technicolor. Uh, it's also the highest grossing film of all time across the world. Grossed a grand total of over $3 billion worldwide. 
the film also won 10 Academy Awards that year, including Best Screen Adaptation, Best Director, uh, and Vivian Lee won Best Actress, among many others. So uh, if you haven't seen it, make some time to do so. It's pretty long. It's uh, one of those old films that has intermission, so you can take a break in between. But really one of the great films of all time. I think it really kind of set the standard for all of the films that came after it, including uh, some of the ones we'll be discussing today on the show. Of course, we all remember Gone with the Wind, Clark Gable, Leslie Howard, and Rutherford, directed by Victor Fleming. It's an American classic. My mother's probably watched it more times than I can personally count. (laughs) It really put us in a a time machine of sorts and, and took us back. Kind of a 1930s and 40s era version of Throwback Thursdays. Yeah, maybe a Time Machine Tuesday. Much like some of the hit movies today, we've been receiving some rave reviews for this segment coming up, so we've decided to bring it back for a sequel of its own. Grab your hats, grab your snacks, because we're going on an adventure! Um, before we get into that, uh, I was thinking, well, I've been thinking that maybe we could change the name of that segment. Instead of Ed Venture, maybe something like uh, an Ed Special. Or, uh, hey, Special Ed, you know? Since he, you know, he's out on the road giving us special reports and, you know, facts. Well, kind of fact, could be fiction. I mean, I think it's kind of important to take his advice on things with a grain of salt. But uh, what do you think? All right, we are live here on Stupid by Nature, our favorite segment, an adventure. Ed, tell us where you're at today. Well, right now I'm at the Regal Cinema here in... (laughs) Well, where the hell am I anyway? I docked my boat and I came ashore and I'm here at the movie theater, but darned if I really know what town I'm in because I kind of got lost navigation-wise on my way in. But I'm at the movie theater. Well... Uh, you know what? I think that's great. What, uh, you know, what movie did you go see today? I know we, we told you to go find a movie. What, what did you end up watching? Well, you know, since I do make my living on the open water with fish and all, I thought I'd catch that new flick, Meg, about the megalodon shark. You know, that's a really big shark. I mean, a really, really, I mean, you thought the shark in Jaws was big. We talked about Jaws last time. Megalodon makes Jaws look like a guppy or a minnow or something. It's a really big shark. I don't know if I mentioned that or not. So apparently they've got this underwater um, scientific research station. And apparently they piss the Meg off. And Meg just basically trashes the entire thing. I mean, and that basically isn't the entire movie. Well, you know, you talk about the big shark. Last week, you were all about the marlin and this big old fish. Did you ever end up catching it? Yeah, did you catch it, Ed? Oh, of course. Yeah, I did. It took me, ooh, about six hours of fighting that thing. It was tooth and nail a long time, let me tell you. I mean, I would get it up a little bit closer to the boat, and then it would pull away again, a little bit closer, pull away again. But I finally got it on board, and I brought it in, and I took it to my favorite taxidermist. Going to have that thing stuffed and hanging over my mantle in my house. Yeah. Well, we all tend to tell tall tales when it comes to fishing, but uh, too bad no one else was with you to prove whether or not it really happened. I'm kind of leaning towards that it didn't happen, but uh, we'll just wait to see. Uh, 
when it's down at your taxidermist. Oh, you little faith. Why would I lie to you boys? I mean, seriously. I mean, you know, you know how you tell when a fisherman is lying, right? Their lips are moving. <laughs> oh, that's just an old fishing. It's, a, it's an old fishing joke from an old fisherman. Um, but no, I landed that marlin. Um, you know, if I were a modern young whippersnapper like you two, I probably would have had uh, my cell phone going and captured it on YouTube or Facebook or Snapchat or Instatime or one of those darn things. But no, I just I just uh, reel her in, and you know, like I said, it took about six hours. But we eventually got it on the boat, got back into port, got the picture. You know, the picture with the marlin hanging off of the rack, and me standing by him with my rod and reel. I can show that to you next time we're together. But yeah, but he's at the taxidermist, and the taxidermist is going to make them all pretty, and we'll hang them up in the house, and then uh, I guess I have to send you boys a picture, or unless you want to come on by and you know, take a peek at him. Well, we'd love to see it, but uh. I guess to segue into our theme today, uh, Ed, going to the movies isn't as cheap as it used to be. What are some effective ways to bring down the cost of going to the theater? Wow, you know, that's something I know a little something about because I kind of go to the movies, you know, sometimes, but not amazingly. Um, The best thing that I can do, but really doesn't help you boys much out, is senior citizen discounts since I'm a, you know, getting a little bit on in years and uh, a lot of these movie theaters now they have what they call them there are rewards systems where you can get points for purchasing your tickets and stuff and then you can um you know get free popcorn and free soda but have you tried this new oh what's it called movie pass i've been reading about i haven't actually tried it myself because um i don't know it just doesn't seem to make sense to me financially and i'm also reading they're about to go belly up as you know kind of fish in a fishy kind of way so um, movie pass is supposed to save a lot of money if it sticks around and that's one way to save money going to the theater um oh you and also you need to go to the matinees you know the matinees are always cheaper than the than the nighttime movies well i i personally haven't been to a great movie since i watched the passion of the christ of course starring mel gibson which was just a phenomenal performance by an actor in his prime most of the films now are just pretty gross you know you with the bloodshed and just the overall underwhelming production, how do you think movies have evolved over the years? Well, you know, I, I agree with you about bloody movies because I just tend to stay away from them. I'm just, I am just not a fan of horror films. But you know something? Maybe you guys should do a horror film thing because, you know, you guys are stupid by nature. And people in horror films are pretty stupid sometimes. Have you ever noticed that? That whenever they're in a horror film and they're wandering around and they see somebody, they always walk right into where the bad guy is. Isn't that the most amazing thing ever? Talk about stupid. I don't know. But um, where were we? (laughs) Yeah, great movies. I never saw that Passion of the Christ thing. Um, What have I seen Mel Gibson in? What was that? That There was that, that, that Marine film that he was in. Wasn't that one? Oh, what was the name of that thing? Darn, it just escapes me right now. Um, it was back on the sailing ship, and I, for the life of me, I just can't remember. But I really enjoyed that one. Um, yeah, Mel Gibson's a pretty good actor. I enjoy watching him work. That's kind of cool. What's your, what other favorite movies do you like? Ed, we don't have time to go on and on about our favorite movies. We'd love to entertain the thought. I'm going to tell you right now, Passion of the Christ, greatest movie. If you guys are listening and you haven't seen it, check it out. Watch it, and you're going to fall in love. And not just with Christ, but with Mel Gibson. Noah, I think you've got a great question for Ed. I'd love to hear it. We were talking about it earlier. 
let's just go ahead and put this myth out in the air and get it busted. Yeah, we've uh, between us, we've got 30 years of movie going experience, I'd say, between the three of us at least. And we've all learned the best seat in the house. Uh, Ed, can you just confirm with our audience that in that it is in fact better to sit clo- as close to the screen as you can to improve your experience? No. Where did you get that idea? Especially with these really big screens that you're getting now. Have you ever been to one of those um, surround sound big screen movies? If you're going to sit up real close, you're going to have to lean all the way back to see the thing. It's always better to be about midway back in a theater. Just like if you have a large screen TV in your house. You don't sit right up on front of it. You put the TV on one side of the family room and you have your couch across the room at the other side. That is just common sense, which sometimes you boys just seem to be lacking. Okay. I just want to say lacking... Maybe snacking. Okay, not lacking. We may be snacking, but we are never lacking. And I think that is the perfect way to move on to my question because I, and I don't want to stir the pot here. <laughs> and I, I think I, I might. I might, okay? But I just want to bring up the most significant part to any trip to the theater, and that is snacks. And I'm not talking about your average Joe sitting down with a Snickers bar. Like, I'm talking the creme de la creme, baby. The best sugary sweet to purchase at the concession stand you know it, Ed. Most definitely snow caps. I mean, wouldn't you agree? I uh, like snow caps. I've had a snow cap or two, but I'm really kind of more of a plain uh, popcorn kind of guy. Give me a big old bucket of popcorn with that big old wonderful buttery stuff all over it and a big old soda to go with it, and I'm just happy as a clam in a clam bake. Ed, we've had our disagreements uh, with the whole fishing debacle and uh, maybe even at times a day, um, you know, you're kind of wrong on the movie going experience, but uh, that's all right. But uh, you recently watched a classic flick that uh, I don't see us butting heads on. Can you tell us more about that film and what is so jaw dropping about it? You have got to be talking about the Star Wars movies, of course. Eh. Well, uh, yeah. Would you say that episode one, the Phantom of the uh, Op, uh, Mantis is the best in the franchise by a wide margin. Is that correct? Am I correct in saying that? Well, you are certainly entitled to your opinion, son, but I I tend not to really pay too much attention to much of the first three. I thought they were all, you know, they were, they were all a fun view and I all, I saw them and I wasn't disappointed or mad that I saw them at all. There was a lot of stuff going on in there that just didn't sit quite right with me. You know, like that whole thing about metachlorians as the source of the force. I just didn't like that at all. That was just a little too, you know, the force is supposed to be kind of a metaphysical, kind of religious sort of thing. And them trying to say it was scientific and that you could scan for it. I don't know. I didn't know about that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm more partial to the actual original trilogy myself. You know, where Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader, and I'm your father, Luke. And, ah! and, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi going up to the next plane as a Jedi Knight. I thought that was all really, really cool stuff. And and for its day, the effects that uh, George Lucas came up with, with his industrial light and magic, were just groundbreaking and actually set the bar for a lot of what was done with science fiction going forward. You know, if you watch any science fiction movie or fantasy movie now, I'll bet you nine, nine times out of ten, if you watch the closing credits, at least uh, some of those special effects were done um, by Industrial Light and Magic out there at um, that out of his uh, at Lucas's ranch out there. Skywalker Ranch, he calls it, for obvious reasons. 
Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of that, and like you said, we're all entitled to our own opinions, but uh, this one's pretty hard to beat. If you compiled a ranking of all the Star Wars characters, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of legendary ones. Jar Jar Binks would be near the top of that list, right? Uh, uh, not not exactly. You know, you mean you're going to rank old Jar Jar, his little silliness, higher than Luke or Darth Vader? Or, or I mean, I think Ray, the new character Ray, is really amazing. I'm really looking forward to the next film to see exactly what's up with her and who her mom and dad were because they never did figure that one out. Jar Jar Binks, he was just no. Well, maybe uh, Jar Jar Binks is her dad. Uh, no, I don't. I, I don't see any family resemblance there at all. I mean, you know, she she really looked doesn't look like she's got anything more than kind of humanoid genes in her. I don't think she's got any Jar Jar in here. Uh, I, I think I think your Jar Jar might be a little bit tight there, buddy. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, we'll see. Uh, she might be or may not be. But uh, last question for you. As far as star films go, you know, these space stories and and sci-fi films, is Star Trek, would you say Star Trek is regarded as immensely more popular than uh, Star Wars? You know, it kind of depends on what fan base you're talking to. If you're talking about the the new ones uh, like the, with, with Chris Pine, um, they are a ride. I mean, they're they're the most they're more like act, more action adventure films than the original Star Trek was, which told a really good story. Um, I don't know, a little too much action adventure for me, but um, I th- I think you can find a really really strong supportive fan base for either of the two films, and we could talk about and compare Star Wars to Star Trek until we're blue in the face and uh, probably not come to a conclusion as to which one is really the best film. Or the web, the best, you know, series or whatever you want to call it. Well, I don't think anybody needs to get blue in the face. I, I think now would be a great time to close the segment, Ed. We appreciate you being on location for us yet again, bringing another timeless classic segment. Just like Star Wars is a classic film that will stand the test of time and is obviously much more superior to the measly Dark Knight, who doesn't have any... Uh, real powers at all, and, and would definitely fall at the hands of a Master Yoda. Anyway, Ed, pick us up a popcorn to go, will you? I will certainly do that, guys. We'll see you next time. All right. Th- this is Ed signing out. Thanks, Ed. Welcome back. We hope you enjoyed yourself on yet another adventure. Who knows where we'll go next time. Yeah, speaking of going, uh, I think we need to go in another direction with these adventure segments because, I mean, I think I could have done a better job than him. And how do we know he's even an expert? I mean, does he have credentials when we hired him? But uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm, I'm going to be doing a Google search after this. And I have a sneaking suspicion that uh, Ed will be proven wrong. Well, tune in next week to see what happens, folks, because we've got some great guests stopping by in the coming weeks, including Logan Cutts. Don't know who he is? I'll give you a hint. Tune in to find out what the buzz is about. Yeah, and don't forget to follow us on social media for the updates as they happen in real time. You can reach us on Facebook. You can reach us on Twitter at SBNatureCast, which ironically is the same handle as our Instagram account, which we are also on. 
We're keeping it current. We're keeping it congruent, as they say in <laughs> geometry. Uh, but you can find us on our website. That's right. We have a website. We've had one for, I don't know, two weeks. It's been great. If you don't know about it, climb out of your rock, step into the sunshine, surf the web, baby. It's safe. www.stupidbynaturepodcast.com. You can find any episodes that you've missed, or you can find us on iTunes and Google Play. As always, thanks for listening. Good night and good luck. So is Phantom of the Mantis really regarded as one of the worst Star Wars films? I find that hard to believe. It's not called that. Phantom of the Menace. I don't know about that. It's a Phantom Menace is what it's called. Liam Neeson. Great movie. Way better than The Dark Knight. Mm, Yeah, maybe we should get rid of the host, too.